Midnight Mass, wonderful Mass. We, in the night, we celebrate the, the sun who is going to rise. The real sun is the Lord Jesus Christ who is rising over humanity. Christmas begins on the 24th night going to 25th. Mm-hmm. But it's not ended at that moment. In our commercial view of Christmas, Christmas begins sometime in mid-November, and that whole period is Christmas. December is Christmas. And then we put away the tree, and that's it. It's over. And that's not the Catholic way of looking at it. So the 12 days of Christmas begin with Christmas, mm-hmm. and they go for 12 days. Because then if we gather the family, we teach the children to put together this manger as a form of meditation. You have Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. Who is Santa Claus? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody. This is whose who's birthday. It's Jesus Christ's birthday. It's not Santa Claus. We have to do our apostolate, our missioner, by making others know that we are celebrating the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ with the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, mm-hmm. so the Holy Family. You greet someone during this, this beautiful season and you say, season's greetings. Season greetings. Oh, the greetings of the season. Which season? Of what? <laughs> I don't understand. No. <laughs> Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria again to this episode in which we are celebrating the closeness of Christmas. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. And today the, we propose to have a very joyful celebration and help you with the idea that Christmas has to be joyful. Right, Father? Because so we have so many commercial things and we have so many distractions and Catholic people who listen to our program, they would like to know, right, what we can do. And, and, so, so, Father, and so many non-joyful events that are going on in the world, oh it's a tremendous contrast with, uh, with the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's good for us to remember, you know, that uh, this is not normal what we are living. Hmm? But the normal is to participate in the joy of our Lord Jesus Christ coming to the world to save humanity. So, Brother Justin, we're going to propose about 10 topics, 10 things, 10 suggestions that people can um, what turn towards and make their Christmas more meaningful. So that's wonderful. But before we go to there, I think we should give a, a quick uh, acknowledgement to our audience in Radio Maria Canada, Catholic Voice at your home, also those who listen to us in the different uh, networks of WhatsApp and of course a YouTube channel. Remember that we also are, for those who commute in the morning, you can listen to us in Podbean, in Apple Podcasts and also in Spotify, so you can check the different information here on, on, the, on the notes of the program, how you can subscribe and, of, and of course, listen to us uh, in, for this program. Now, uh, let's delve into the, the first one. Father, what is the main topic that we could, Brother Justin, um, suggest to the audience today? Well, obviously, the first thing is to go to Mass. The Midnight Mass is it's a wonderful Mass in which... Uh, we, in the night, we celebrate the, the sun who is going to rise. Hmm? The real sun is the Lord Jesus Christ who is rising over humanity. Hmm? And we have to celebrate already at night, we celebrate the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Mass is beautiful, has many beautiful aspects. One of them is the, um, what they call the, the calendar from the uh, Roman martyrology. 
that it's a series of uh, events that situate the nativity of Lord Jesus Christ in the context of the history of uh, of mankind. Because the context is very important, no, Father? I mean, uh, well, for those who had the grace to go there to Bethlehem, and you see the cave, you know, the tradition tells us that our Lord was born mm. there. And when we go there, and we actually see that big star that is on the ground, you no, know, marking the very place where our Lord was born. And when we think that he was born at midnight, meaning the worst moment for, for mankind, and yet the, uh, fulf the, well, the, the, the fulfillment of times, put it that way, you know, that is really impressive. And sharing in that atmosphere, when we go to Mass, and we you know, figure, figure that out, is really beautiful. Uh, and uh, the whole creation happened for Jesus to be born. So this is the event that gives the, uh, the meaning to the whole of creation. Everything that came before Lord Jesus Christ was a preparation for his nativity. And everything that comes after is the development of what he brought to the world that has to shine on, uh, on earth. I think what's interesting also is that we as Catholics are very much a liturgical people. We have our public worship, and in that public worship, it's important that we understand what we are doing and that we pray in that sense. And, and these ceremonies, these masses, these practices in which we are involved in, they allow us to fully live that, that Catholic reality, the, the birth of our Lord. And as our Lord ages, we have the different events. So it allows us to truly immerse ourselves in this moment in which God becomes man. Beautiful. Because in a certain sense, each Mass is an activity. In each Mass, our Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> is born again and come to us in order to, to save us. And all the mysteries that happened at that moment are renewed during the Mass. Exactly. So this. But also in the, in the Christmas Mass, you have so many elements that are there. You have the change of colors. Mm -hmm. You went from the mauve and the rose of Advent. Now you're using gold and white. Um, the use of flowers on the altar, which have been, in a sense, pushed away during the last four weeks. And those of us who live in the Northern Hemisphere, we... All of a sudden, in that darkness, in that drabness, all of a sudden, everything's bright and alive. So I think that's something very important. Remember, the 21st of December is the darkest day of the year. Yeah. Okay. So we're kind of in this element, which we're coming towards the sun of light, the, the sun of God, and this element that the sun's coming back. Beautiful. So just to recap then, we have the Midnight Mass experience and how it has to be enriched. The second one, Father, you were saying, the Roman Martyrology, which is... That, that special reading in which basically we celebrate the apex of times. Yes. And let's go to the third one, which is the manger. So, how? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there are many, many ways to put together a manger, but also to make it more significant, especially for the children in the family. It's such a contrast you know, that a God is born in a manger, the most humble place possible in which a human being can be born Nevertheless, it's such a beauty, such a, a kindness, such a wonderful poverty. It's such a humility. Humility, of course. I was listening to a, an individual who was uh, trying to prove that Jesus was not God. And his chief proof that Jesus could not be God was the nativity. <laughs> 
because if God is all powerful, all knowing, etc., mm-hmm. he he would not be born in a in a manger. He would not be born poor, and he definitely would not be poor and not be out of the eye of the powerful. Like eh. it's kind of what everyone else thought, you know. But it's not true, and it's because of that. It was it was an amazing moment because this person outlined the very objections that you see within the Gospels. Exactly, you know, Philippians uh, two. Saint uh, Paul is going to tell that um, that uh, Jesus did not regard equality with God himself. He was God, but he didn't want to uh, come in equality with God because he came as a human, so he couldn't he couldn't be equal to God. Nevertheless, he was still God, and this is something to be uh, grasped, to be understood, mm? because actually Satan he wanted to be God. And he didn't. He didn't. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he didn't respect that that the divinity belonged to God, not to him. And he wanted to grab, to grasp this divinity for him. And our Lord Jesus Christ does the opposite. He gives away his divinity in order to become a human and to save us. So it's a, such a beautiful contrast. He, in that sense, uh, does a reparation of the sin of uh, of uh, Lucifer that uh, he wanted to be equal to God. I want to be even more than God. <laughs> but also for ancient times, no, it's very counterintuitive and it's actually the beauty of the Gospels because if someone was going to make up a story, mm. number one, you wouldn't have, you know, for instance, ladies telling that he's resurrected because uh, it was against, you know, the values exactly. of the time. Um, you wouldn't say that he was born in a cave, you <laughs> know, in a poor place. But, I mean, it's... No, the veracity of the gospel is, is fundamental, but it's using arguments that were the opposite for, for ancient people. Huh? St. Um, Augustine has a very beautiful quote on this point, which is kind of interesting. He says, he was created of a mother whom he created. <laughs> he was carried by the hands that he formed. He cried in a manger in a wordless infancy. He, the mm-hmm. Word, without whom all human eloquence is mute. Beautiful. There you go. No. It's Augustine. <laughs> exactly. No, no. Beautiful. But Beautiful. that's it. I mean, that, that is the whole problem here, is that in human minds, this is foolishness. Exactly. exactly. You have all the possibilities of you know, being born in the greatest palace in Jerusalem, having trumpets proclaim your birth, and that's it. End of, of case. Or being born in Rome. No. Yeah, even, Move even better. the Emperor Augustus out of his spot and let's take over. When it comes to <laughs> stories, should have chosen the best one. No, it's a flawed story. <laughs> but but then you know, going to the third, uh, our third suggestion here, because then if we gather the family, we teach the children to put together this manger, no, the magic kings, the the different I don't know, you know crafts and uh, and everything as a form of meditation. There was some Francis of Assisi, you know, who did the. Uh, it is told. I mean, we are told that. Was the first one who had this idea to reconstruct a manger in order to make us feel the atmosphere of that uh, beautiful uh, Christmas uh, night in which uh, our Lord was born in a manger. Mm. And by the way, Jerusalem is cold eh? at the time. It even it even snows and everything else. Yeah, well, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, no, the, the Holy Land. So <laughs> it's cold, <laughs> definitely. But I think for children, when they're able to place the items in the manger and set the whole scene and then you keep the baby Jesus for the 25th. Mm-hmm. 
that expectation, that that moment of yearning, that allows them to implant very good memories so that they will, in turn, with their families, continue this beautiful tradition. Uh, sometimes parents like to do everything themselves. And the children really just are just spectators. Yeah. They should be involved. Of course, of course. It opens their, their imagination huh? because uh, they feel that being, you know, in a... Um, in a mysterious and wonderful and magic place that, that's an activity scene in which somebody very important, the most important uh, person that we can imagine was, is going to, to appear, is going to be born. Well, this matches with our next uh, suggestion because it is the meditation of the rosary when we pray the joyful mysteries. No, the joyful mysteries are the more related to the nativity, of course, of course, of course. And, and the different mysteries of the incarnation. But, um, and this is a topic that we should, one of these days, have just a podcast about this, how to pray the rosary properly. But, Father, can we just give at least one hint, um, you know, and passant, just well, to... It's very important to understand that the rosary that is prayed today was given by Mary, was told by Mary to St. Dominic, how should we pray the rosary? And it is uh, very important to understand what, what people don't don't uh, don't grasp <laughs> too much today. Talking about grasping. That, <laughs> that uh, the uh, the most important thing before saying the Our Fathers and the Hail Marys is to remember what which mystery we are referring to, mm -hmm. in order to think about this mystery and the Our Father and the Ten Hail Marys and the Glory Be are kind of a meditation on that mystery. We situate ourselves. You have to situate yourself and pray in that context of that mystery. So it's very important to to know the mysteries and to, to mention the mysteries in the beginning of each decade. St. Louis de Montfort has a meditation for each Hail Mary in yeah. the Rosary. Exactly. Beautiful. So not only is the mystery announced, but each Hail Mary in turn has a one-line meditation to bring you from one decade to the next. Of course. But that... That, let's say that's his, his uh, meditation. But each one of us should have a meditation on each uh, Hail Mary on a different aspect of uh, what we are contemplating. Now, the next one, Father, about the 12 days of Christmas. Because, of course, right, we're just going to start, no? And that, but then, Brother Justin, maybe what is this 12 days of Christmas well, and how we can, again, you know, because here people also listen uh, from different parts of the world. Yes. I don't know, and Anglo-Saxon, Anglo <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we say these uh, traditions, right, are really beautiful and meaningful. So maybe we can share. You know, we have some people even from Brazil listening to us uh, oh. from the Tabor, our brothers <laughs> there, so we send a, a, a quick regard. Wonderful, wonderful. But the 12 days of Christmas is beyond the song, right? Well, what's really important with the 12 days of Christmas is that we remember, I think this is really, liturgically it's an important point, which is that Christmas begins on the 24th night going to 25th. Mm -hmm. But it's not ended at that moment. In our commercial view of Christmas, Christmas begins sometime in mid-November, mm -hmm. or if you live in the United States, uh, right after um, the Thanksgiving on the, the last Thursday of, of November. And that whole period is Christmas. December is Christmas. And then Christmas happens and then we put away the tree, and that's it. It's over. And that's not the Catholic way of looking at it. So the 12 days of Christmas begin with Christmas, mm -hmm. and they go for 12 days until the Epiphany. Because you mean Beautiful. that on the Precisely. night on the night of, of Christmas, people 
put the, the, the tree down. Is that well, as soon as they have their take little, down everything. As soon as they have their dinner, it's over. So, <laughs> no, I've heard people no say that. it's oh, done. No. So they take everything down. No, it's important the, clarification. Maybe yeah. the next day, I've heard like, hey, there's different traditions that come part of that. You have, for mm. example, the English tradition of Boxing Day, yeah. which was the day in which uh, people, because Christmas was for the family. Boxing Day would be a day that you would give gifts to the servants and workers, and then you would, and then from that point on, you would be visiting family, right? So, this would be twelve days in the in the medieval era. The master of the of the hall, so the local lord, was responsible for feeding his people for the next twelve days. Maybe the Christmas basket they come from from there, no? The, the, the idea of gifts to your servants yeah, good, and, gifts. and friends. So it was that largesse you would give you would give of yourself. So it, it's very much the opposite of a Catholic sense of Christmas, in which your Christmas ends on the twenty fifth. And you know the the gift idea comes from the fact that God Himself is giving humanity a tremendous gift, His own Son. Mm, so in in uh, in uh, in act in an act of uh, gratitude and of happiness etc of joy then each one starts giving gifts to the others <laughs> uh, we also have the epiphany in which the wise men give gifts yes to our lord awesome. uh, i'm not going to get into that but i'm just saying is that so the 12 days of christmas the song that we that you spoke about was actually made by catholics during the persecution during the puritan uh, tyranny uh, during Oliver Cromwell's um, tyrannical reign. Yeah. Um, and it was a way in which they were hoping that the children wouldn't lose their faith. So they gave images mm. of things that would recall truths of their faith. Turtle doves would be the Old and New Testament. Partridge in a pear tree was our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and all of these elements, Ten Commandments, and there was a way in which the children could remember at during the Christmas season, which was forbidden by the Puritans. They were not allowed to celebrate Christmas. Exactly. Christmas was a Romish festival, evil. Romish. So, again, when we sing it, we should sing it in this mind of the persecuted Catholics of yesteryear who suffered so much to keep the faith, which unfortunately today we look almost cheaply. We've cheapened its value. Precisely. Well, we are Puritans in a, another way, in the sense that there's no more joy of the real thing, which is Lord Jesus Christ, and it's a material joy or whatever. Or well, just a question of who can drink more. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're passed out drunk on Christmas Day, and you've had a glorious uh, Christmas. Yeah. You don't remember it, but it's, no. it's glorious. Well, this brings us to the point number six, maybe, you know, because we're talking about gifts. And this is important because the best gift we can give is actually acts of mercy. And mm -hmm. uh, um, so any ideas that we can transmit and we can inspire our auditorium with? But you already spoke yeah. about acts of mercy, going and yeah. giving baskets, giving food exactly. to the poor, exactly. um, helping those who are less fortunate. Um, those are acts of mercy. Praying with others. Praying for others and with others. And I think the parents should should uh, prepare their children for them to give gifts to, to others. To, um, let's say, uh, uh, a poor neighbor or another child on the same school that, you know, maybe hasn't, doesn't, doesn't have, have as much. 
exactly. It's interesting also for the um, for the parent to help prepare the child to do such mm-hmm. such a thing, to make a sacrifice to do such an end. Because if the parent just buys the gift and gives it to the child, says, no, no, go to Johnny and give it to him, that really doesn't have a, any value. Have the child make a sacrifice of, of something. Exactly. Beautiful. But Father, before we go further, let's go for a quick break and then we come back with four more topics on how we can um, what, uh, give ideas to our auditorium about how to celebrate Christmas in a more meaningful way. We're coming back soon. Salve Maria! I'm Father Ryan Murphy of the Heralds of the Gospel and I'm delighted to extend an invitation to each and every one of you. In the midst of our busy lives, it's crucial to take a moment of reflection, of solace, and of prayer. That's why I would like to personally invite you to join us every day at 3 p.m. for a special and powerful devotion, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is a beautiful prayer that embodies the boundless compassion of our Lord. It's a time to come together as a community, regardless of where we are, and lift up our intentions, our hopes, and even our burdens to the heart of Jesus. Imagine all around the world, countless voices uniting in prayer at this very hour. It's a moment of connection, of spiritual unity, and of seeking God's mercy in a troubled world. So mark your calendars, set your alarms, and make a commitment to join us each day at 3 p.m. Tune in and experience the transformative power of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Let this be a sanctuary of peace amidst the noise of life. Thank you for being a part of our Heralds Canada YouTube channel. Together, let's embark on this journey of faith, hope, and mercy. I'm looking forward to praying with you every day at 3 p.m. May God's love and mercy shine upon you always. And until we meet again, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we go. So we touched briefly six points that we could give the audience uh, some ideas about celebrating Christmas and reaching their Christmas and also bringing the true joy. And nothing better regarding joy than our number seven, which is assisting or watching a musical presentation, if possible, live. Mm. So that's something important, or even going somewhere and singing. We need to remember that the angels on on, on Christmas night, the angels they were also singing at um, in Bethlehem. So they, they must have given a wonderful concert for our Lord Jesus Christ. So we should kind of try to react that that concert and uh, and sing carols and sing nice songs. Beautiful carols, well sung, are, are mm-hmm. a way of attracting angels. I mean, here here in the English-speaking world, um, the tradition of Messiah, although most yeah. of the Messiah has to do with Easter, but... We're not sponsored by the Toronto no. Symphony, but <laughs> if you're in Toronto, no, go yeah, watch because it's Roy really Thompson Hall, yeah. it, or yeah. Massey Hall, it's really good. Um, Worth visiting and watch. But, yeah, I mean, these are ways in which we can live our faith in a very secular society. Toronto, for example... Um, has, I don't know, I think 12, 13 different presentations of the Messiah across the city um, in a very secularized city. And for a moment, everyone's singing the glory of God. Exactly. And also Christmas cards. 
mm-hmm. singing Christmas carols and that tradition in church. Really beautiful. And what we have the next suggestion uh, that, that, that really, I don't know, that, <laughs> that one is nice. I thought it kind of funny. <laughs> okay, yeah, celebrating um, the birth of Jesus with a Christmas birthday cake. Okay. Um, okay, uh, can someone explain <laughs> how do we do this? I think mm. this one here is more for those who have small children. Ah, okay. A child associates birthdays with cake. Yeah. Granted, this might be a little bit corny for older children or adults, but for smaller children, it helps them understand that this is someone's birthday. Jesus really was born on this day, and it helps them cement that. Now, you get a beautiful cake... Um, you put a, a figurine of the Holy Family on top, maybe a small uh, nativity scene on top of the cake. Baby Jesus. It allows them to connect, right, to, to their taste buds. Mm-hmm. Um, allows them to understand how that is something real. Right? It is nice. And then when somebody um, has his birthday and he receives the cake, he will remember that Jesus also received the cake. Hmm? And that, uh, that we are continuing that uh, joy of uh, Jesus uh, being re- rece- receiving his uh, Christmas cake. But also for children, birthdays are happy moments. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're allowing them to extend that happiness and making that happiness something more tangible for them, more understandable for them. That's beautiful. Uh, the next one is also artistic appreciation of Christmas, but more in a meaningful and, let's say, in the sense of beauty. Is that that, that that idea that we could suggest? That's what we need to decorate in our houses, decorate you know, house. with Christmas uh, uh, decoration and um, a nice, uh, you know, red, yellow, blue uh, balls. Balls with tinsel. Also mm-hmm. having something like this, Father. Now, this course, is not only yeah. for, for the parish, right? You can have one you can at, have home. at home. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you want something very, a, a very good means of evangelizing your family, the Advent wreath is very mm-hmm. good for that. I mean, it it goes through the three weeks um, that are purple or mauve, if you want to use, and the one that is rose that gives hope. And that element, and this one doesn't have it, but many do. They have a white one in the center in which symbolizes the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, the expectation is so important because as they wait for it to come, another candle is lit. For a child, this is a learning opportunity. Maybe for adults, not so much, but for children, this is something they're, they're looking for. They're, they want to touch, they want to see, they want to feel. This is something very good. Um, decorating your houses, not just with Santa Claus. No, of course. Right? You have Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. Who is Santa Claus? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody. This is whose who's birthday? It's Jesus Christ's birthday. It's not Santa Claus. And that's really important for us to understand. So put decorations in your home. Make it pleasant, beautiful, wonderful. So that child ends up having that experience of joy. Actually, Santa Claus, I mean, uh, he was a saint, of course, uh, but... Um, Saint Nicholas. Oh. Saint Nicholas, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, uh, Klaus Nicholas in, in German. Huh? But uh, he ended up deviating the attention because he attracts all the attention on him, no? <laughs> as his Christmas was, uh, you know, a celebration of Santa Claus. No, it doesn't, and, and it's, it's not it, that. And it's historically... Tremendous because St. Nicholas of Smyrna um, was a great defender of the very person of Jesus Christ, the divine person of Jesus Christ, a great defender in the Council of Nicaea. So it's it's very sad that he, that with no fault of him, but it's deviating this aspect. And it's true that he was also very generous. He was a bishop 
and he was very very generous and he was always giving gifts etc but you know this is, this is not it <laughs> it's not his fault, <laughs> not his fault. <laughs> but this brings us to our number 10 because number 10 is sharing faith and you know without even making too much effort we're already relating to saint nicholas we're already relating to the magi kings we're relating to all those things stories that we could share right of course so uh, father how can we no, for example give more ideas? in uh, in the christmas uh, period you should say happy christmas to people hmm? merry christmas or merry christmas even merry if, christmas. You, if you don't know exactly if they are uh, catholic or not or christian etc but uh, it's something that makes them think you know the saddest thing i think is when you you greet someone during this this beautiful season and you say season's greetings season greetings hard i can say season's happy holidays anytime anytime of, of course summertime yeah. spring fall name it it's always a season i can greet you for the season Oh, the greetings of the season. Which season? Of what? <laughs> I don't understand. No. <laughs> but anyway, that's really important. And that sharing of the faith, even in a more of extended way, we have within the month of December, we have the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. We have the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, of Juan Diego, of, of many, many major important feasts. And these are all brought into this very beautiful texture, this, this quilt, you may say, of our Advent journey. Then it becomes something special. You see this even in the even in the stores. They had they have these um, calendars in which each day a little chocolate is behind a door. Now they've used it. They've abused it. Mm -hmm. Fine, but the idea of that expectation for children is another way of spreading the faith. Of course, um, there's many ways. Um, a Jesse tree tradition in which we have a quote or a theme for every day as we move through the month, uh, the the the, uh, the weeks of Advent. Again, these are all ways of spreading the faith, even on on your front door. Um, porch or yeah. on your front lawn, having a nativity scene, outdoor nativity exactly. scene, to witness that you are celebrating for a good mm -hmm. reason. You're celebrating the birth of Christ, not. The birth of Santa Claus or of birth of uh, Frosty the Snowman. I think we uh, it, we have to do our let's say our apostolate, our mission, our, our good example uh, by making others know that we are celebrating the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ with uh, with uh, his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and Saint Joseph. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Family. And that is a feast that is celebrated in the octave of the twelve days. Is mm -hmm. the feast of the Holy Family again? Course, exactly. Really important. Now, if we cut off Christmas at Christmas and we forget about all of those beautiful feasts that extend that season, the Christmas season, mm -hmm. we really do a disservice. And this is about sharing our faith again. No, so saying Merry Christmas is a witness already. Saying no, I mean we already having that idea that uh, this is not just you know one celebration, but it's actually. Uh, uh, a chain of celebrations, no? It's really nice. And actually, it's a feast of the recreation of everything because our Lord Jesus Christ coming to the, to the world himself and becoming human, he recreates everything again. So it's a new start, it's a new uh, um, time, it's a new era, it's a, yeah, the year of grace. No? So we could then wish our audience a merry merry christmas yes and a special blessing father of course so that we can course. with that you know send them away <laughs> through intercession of the blessed virgin mary saint joseph the blessing of the infant jesus for all of you father son and holy spirit come upon you and remain with you forever amen amen, amen. merry christmas merry christmas <laughs>